Welcome back. You are listening to Love Potions by Christina Jones and this is chapter 14. Josh Valerie Pridmore yelled delightfully. Hey, yeah. Stranger. I'm so glad I have got you. I was getting really worried, love. I have not seen you for what? It must be a couple of weeks. What the hell is going on? Are you avoiding me? Have we fallen out or summit? Josh trying to make the early morning back garden sorting of the recycling last forever looked across the fence at Val and lowered her voice Oh Val I have been meaning to come around and ask about your leg catching up things but she cast an anguished look over her shoulder towards the bungalow Marvin has been here all day every day it's very difficult is he off sick valerie laughed nothing trivial i trust i had noticed her his car was in the drive thought he might be having a little bit of a holiday <coughs> and uh, my leg has hunky dory thanks to young suki i'm not up to dancing the can can but i can stand now for hours at work without a twitch good i'm really pleased you are better so am i but look at you you look terrible if you don't mind me saying are you okay No. Josh shook her head, knowing she was probably going to cry. I don't think I will ever be okay again. Jocelyn, Marvin's voice roared from inside the bungalow. What are you doing out there? You have been ages with that rubbish. Valerie chuckled. He must have seen me, bless him. Look, love, I know you cannot come round if he has got you under lock and key, but surely he could not stop you taking a little walk down to Coddles to post a letter or buy some sugar or something in about 10 minutes or so, okay? Okay. Josh nodded. 10 minutes. Thanks. She trudged wearily back into the bungalow. She had probably ended up in a prison, Josh thought, if she had to spend one more day, all day in the house with Marvin. His ongoing anger was only now surpassed. by his sense of injustice and self-pity.
It seemed a lifetime since she had come home from her massage, feeling renewed and energized, her body tingling. Was it really only two weeks ago? It might as well have been two years. Now, what are you doing? Marvin looked up from his chair in front of the television. It is nearly 10 o'clock. You have not cleared away the breakfast things. You could do that. What? Marvin's state cleansed. Women's work? I don't think so. I don't have my standards down there. Why are you changing your shoes? You're not going out. Just down to Coddles. We are running low, uh, on tea. I don't like their tea. Cheap rubbish. They do have named brands too. Which we cannot afford. Marvin dragged his eye from the television again. It's all spend, spend and spend with you, isn't it? Are you too stupid to understand that we are having to count every penny now? Ignoring him, Josh flicked at her hair in the mirror and groaned inwardly. Valerie was right. She did look terrible, washed out wrinkled, defeated, and old. She picked up her handbag. I would not be long. Is there anything else you want? Nothing we can afford, Marvin hissed, tapping his fingers on the arms of his chair. And don't forget, there is no more monthly allowance for you, so don't buy yourself some silly little you know, frippery like shampoo or bath foam, you can use washing up liquid. <sighs> Josh took a deep breath and had a silent scream. Marvin continued with the irritating tapping. Don't be gone long and bring a receipt back for the tea. I don't want you to overspending. And yeah, don't take the car. I was not going to. See you later. Marvin grunted, his eyes already back on some program about the erosion of the coastline of some third world country. Josh stepped out into the clothes. Her eyes dazzled by the glorious sunlight, which failed to warm her body and lift her spirit. She had a permanent headache and a tight knot of dread deeply embedded in her stomach. Oh, what had she done so very wrong in previous life to deserve this? Still, 
It would be wonderful to unburden herself on Valerie. She had never needed a friend more than she did right now. Every step through the high-banked, sweet-smelling lanes toward Caldwell's post office doors and away from the bungalow was like a glorious step to freedom. Josh felt as though she was on autopilot. If only she could go on walking away forever. Val was waiting outside Caudle's, sitting on the rustic bench in the sun. I bought us a sticky bun each. She grinned up at Josh. You look like you could do with a sugar rush. Oh, blimey, love, it's only a cake, don't cry. Josh sniffed back her tears, said thank you as she squished alongside Val on the bench and finally exhaled. Talk if you want to, Val said comfortably, and don't if you don't. Josh sat in silence for a while, eating the sticky bun without really tasting it, only vaguely thinking that Marvin would have a purple fit if he knew she was eating in public. She watched the bag lights drifting in and out of the shop as if she were watching a film. It was all unreal, but the sun was beginning to warm her and the colors, the acid green shorts unflurring on the overhanging lime trees and the mauves and yellow and red of the spring flowers in the tub outside the shop, beginning to filtered slowly through her permanent sophia-hued rain. Marvin has lost his job, whipping sugar and crumbs from her lips and wiping them all. She finally looked at Val. He's not taking it very well. I know what it's like. My old man is in and out of work like a yo-yo. But I thought your Marv was on one of the high ups, untouchable. And surely he can get another job. He's not that old. So what happened? Josh lifted her face to the sun and took a deep breath. Are you sure you want to hear it? What I want ain't important. Val shifted her bulk more comfortably on the bench. But I think you need to talk about it. Love, so I'm all ears. Ain't got to be at work for hours, so I'm listening. 
Well, George sighed. It was the day we had our massage. You were right. It was Marvin's car that nearly hit us. And when I got home, leaving out the cringily humiliating bit about her half-hearted attempt to seduce Marvin, Josh started to tell the whole sorry story. It was like being there all over again, like some horrible groundhog day. Despite Marvin's initial outburst that he had been sacked, the reality was very different. I am redundant, no longer needed, buggering useless, the place has been taken over, he had stormed, the whole company, all the divisions, all the outlets taken over, a boardroom cup. There has been rumors of foreign interest and whispers of possible outside corporate investment for ages, but we have been told that they had been putting money in and expanding us, maybe overseas, not buggering this. It transcripted the takeover had been from an Asian-based Congomitrate. Marvin had sworn to never ever eat another curry house. George has secretly relieved at the point that taking over the company had not been Scandinavian. And being Scandinavian, Marvin would have probably stripped the whole bungalow off the IKEA furniture and set fire to it in the clothes. But surely, Josh had said, trying to grasp the implications, surely you must have some inkling. If I have had a buggering inkling, Marvin had snarled. I had have buggering done something about it, wouldn't I? Woman! All I got this morning was you are surplus to requirement. Thanks for your years and years and years of work, but we don't need you anymore. Buggering clear your desk and buggering Bugger off. Josh, cell-shocked, has clasped her hands together and walked to the window. She had wished she could comfort Maverine and saying something useful and positive, but all she could think was that she that he had been at home, always. 
those awful Saturdays and Sunday would have been seven days long. Okay, but once you have got over the initial shock, she had said encouragingly, you can look for something else, can't you? You will be snapped up. And they must have been giving you a nice golden handshake. So we will be okay. Marvin had gone into his white-lipped temple pulsing mode. Are you mad, woman? Listen to me. I have been in the same job. Man and boy. All my buggering life. I'm clearly considered a buggering dinosaur. I am 10 years off retiring. And thanks to the general mismanagement of the funds in this country, there will be no early pensions for me. And we are given statutory redundancy payment. Peanuts. Buggering peanuts. We are on the bread line. Jocelyn Poppers we are. Josh had thought this probably was not quite true. And the bungalow was paid for. But she could see that without Marvin's more than generous salary, there had been to be some dramatic and drastic tightening of belts. So what's happening to everyone else? Turn from the window. Has the company suggested anything? Like courses for retraining, help to find another post or relocation? Marvin had turned magnenta. His cheeks had gone shiny. You know nothing about the business world, Jocelyn. So stop making ridiculously feeble marks. The company does not give a buggering toss. The company has shed those posts. The new bastards feel unnecessary. The company forgot about me the minute I walked through the buggering revolving doors. Josh had turned to the window again. The read between the lines. So it had not been a full-on cope. Then, not everyone had been surplus to requirement. Just Marvin and possibly several others who had been there from school, who thought the company owned them, a cradle to grave living. Marvin and the others who turned up the office each day and but probably did not do an awful lot of productive work. By dint of their lens of service, now probably cost more than they earned. Who could be replaced by bright young things willing to start on a basic salary and work their way up 
on the culprit ladder. It was the way of the business world. I know this has come to as a blow to us, George had said, trying to stop the panic rising. But you could look on it as a brand new start. You have got years to yet to share your um, expertise with another company may not be in London, but there are masses of firms in Reading and other places all around here that would surely be glad to give you a job. I don't want another buggering job, Marvin wrote. I had a buggering career. The only buggering career I have ever wanted or ever needed. I don't want to work for anywhere else. No, this is the end of my life, a buggering end. And then it had got even worse. Marvin had found Tylee and Ozzy blustering and exploding down the phone, slandering his old company and the new owner with every expletive-laddened breath. And the children had turned up for the first time in. And oh, it seemed like years with their snooty corporate-minded partners and they had all treated Josh like a skivvy and had closet themselves in the dinnet with Marvin while she had fetched and carried. Josh had stood in the doorway staring at the husband she really could not even feel sorry for. And her son and daughter who barely acknowledged her wondered if she, her spirits had ever been at a lower ebb. Then Tylee and Ozzy and their partners had left. Briefly kissing Josh Chick as an afterthought. With vogue promises. <clears throat> be down again soon. And as they had been unable to suggest any even remotely sustainable or suitable employment for Marvin within their own companies, he had sunk ever deeper into the smluttering gloom. Josh took a deep breath back again in the present outside the cuddles with the village coming and going around her on a glorious spring morning. Oh, how she wished she had never have to go home. And that's it really, Josh looked at Valerie. The whole sorry story. 
Valerie reached out a pudgy hand and closed it around Josh. Poor, poor you. So, doesn't he ever leave the house, play golf or see his cronies? He says he cannot afford golf anymore. Josh shook her head. And he and his so-called friends have not even phoned. They don't care, Val. I doubt if they even liked him. They probably just think there, but for the grace of God. And thank their lucky stars that they are still working. <clears throat> and money? Val asked. Look, tell me to mind my own business, but I know when my old man has been unemployed. My money has been vital. Are you really broke? I have not got done. I mean, I don't have much. But if you are short. Oh, 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 blimey. Don't cry again, sweetie. <coughs> Please. Josh squeezed the plushy hand. You're such a good friend. Thank you so much. It's so kind of you, but I would not dream of borrowing money. <clears throat> Who said it is borrowing? It would be a gift, love, for you. Mind? Not for him. Oh, well. Thanks. You're brilliant. But we are not quite bankrupt. We got some savings. We cashed in a couple of insurance and we have got our investment income. But unless Marvin finds another job, it means we will be reducing reducing the circumstances until we reach pension age, that's for sure. Well, if he had not gotten up of his silly, self-centered, lazy arse looked for work, then you can, can't you? Val grinned and it would have been making of you, Josh, love. You would be out of the sodding bungalow and have been a bit of an independent boot. But 
George looked at Valerie for a long time. But I can't do anything. Josh shook her head. We have been already discussed this, haven't we? I can only do touch typing and sort hand. And no one else needs those skills nowadays, do they? I'm not suggesting that you try to do something high flaunting, but there is a lots of stuff you could do. Work in a shop, a pub, a cafe, cleaning. Marvin would not let me do anything menial. Now, listen to yourself. Valerie looked stern. One, this is not anything to do with Marvin. And two, there is nothing menial about jobs. What does not need a string of letters? After your name, just walk through the door. And you need a regular income, don't you? A bit of money for your own self. Yes, but, oh God, well, I cannot go to work. I would not know where to start. I have got no confidence at all. I have not worked outside the home for decades. Neither have a lot of women, but they get themselves a little job easy enough. Josh traced the patterns with the gravel with the toe of her shoes. The sun glinted on the millions of tiny fragments, making them glitter like a scattered piece of precious stones. Actually, if you promise not to laugh, I have been thinking of starting a bit of career in freelance journalism. Valerie shook her head. What? On the strength of a few things in the Bagley bugle? Look, I'm the last person to piddle on your parade. Love? I don't know a lot about media world. But I cannot see any of the tabloids beating a path to your door because you are writing a couple of articles about Russet reveals for a local freezy sheet. Of course, the Bagley Bugle had now also bitten the dust or at least Marvin's investment in it had. Josh had rather foolishly with hindsight suggested that he had far more time to concentrate on the bugle and neighborhood watch now. He had hurled the files and folders and template across the dinner and snarled that some other soft shod could take over buggering thankless task. Josh had assumed this must have a lot to do with secretarial Annika 
no longer being available to do the bugles scanning and printing and binding. I sent an article about Suki's aromatherapy and Can Can Dancer to the Winterbrook advisor. Did you? Valerie said admiringly. That was a bit daring. I thought it was for Bugle. Josh explained about the Bugle demise. So I thought the advisor might be interested in the article anyway. And the other little beats I could write for them. It's a start. Val nodded. If you say so, love. It's not the Daily Mail though, is it? Personally, I had been looking for something in Big Shava. Has the advisor got back to you? Not yet. Val patted her hand. Never mind, love. Maybe, maybe they will on the phone when you get home. Offering you a like regular slot. Whatever they call it. The slot for writing. But I would not hold your breath. In the meantime, do you want me to pick up an, an application form from Big Shava when I am next in Hazy Hasics? George smiled as she stood up. Maybe that would be a good idea. Just in case I don't turn into an investigative journalist overnight. Yes, please do. I mean, surely even I could stack shelves. Even if I could not work those computerized cash register machine till things. Blimey, love. Josh puffed to her feet too. If a scatterbrain like young Chelsea can cope with them, then you will be able to do it with your eyes shut. Look, until things short themselves out, we better meet here for our charts. Ten? Tomorrow? Okay? Yes, lovely, Josh smiled. Thanks, Val. They walked back through the village together, but Josh went on ahead when they reached the close. She knew if it was feeble, but she really, really did not want to antagonize Marvin any further. He did not look up from the television the third world country's coastal erosion had been succeeded by something about development of the jet engines and it was very noisy by the way. You had a phone call, he said, and there was, where is the receipt? Bugger, George had thought. She had make a lousy secret agent. Oh, um, I didn't buy any tea after all. 
There was only the expensive loose shorts. We will have to make do. Who was the phone call from? No idea, Marvin Yant. I'm not your secretary, you know. Jocelyn. I said you were not in and hung up. Thanks, Josh thought, kicking off her door. And the shoes at the outdoors and sliding her feet into her slippers in the dinette the breakfast things were untouched <sighs> she shied grabbed a tray and started another day of tedium the phone rang as she scrapping eggshells into the bean marvin did not even move Hello, she said tentatively. It was probably someone selling something. They did not get many personal calls. Yes, this is Jocelyn Benson. Oh, hello. Yes. Oh, you liked it? Wonderful. You're running it. In this week's edition? Out tomorrow. Fantastic. No, what? Oh, oh, yes. The invoice. Yes. I included it because what? What do you mean? You don't pay. You mean you expect people to write for you for nothing? What? What's the byline? Oh, is it? Well, a byline won't pay for the bills, will it? Yes, of course. I'm pleased that you liked it enough to use it, but no. I don't think there will be more of the same without remuneration. Yes, I'm sorry too. She replaced the receiver with a sigh and a feeling of ever-deepening gloom. That was the end of the brief shorty in the journalism then. It looked like Big Shava was her only salvation. Jocelyn! Marvin shouted, Have you made my coffee yet? On the other hand, Josh thought, kicking viciously at the dentist's door and heading for the kettle ten hours a day. And the supermarket checkout was beginning to look pretty alluring.
coming, Marvin, she muttered under her breath. Coffee and cyanide, coming up. And that's it for today's chapter. Well, as you noticed, everything might not be going very well. You might be stressed under circumstances that cannot be solved immediately. And it might look as if this is going to be the last place you want to be in your entire life. The lowest you could ever feel is to unable to do anything in a situation as such. But you know what? Being a tiny bit of Considerate for yourself to think that you have done enough can be a lot of help because not every single one has the strength to stand up for themselves in a situation which might actually feel that there is no way out. And you are still looking for a way out from that place. I am glad that you are. Because I might not be able to understand the situation. But the thing is, you are the person who is precious and who is capable. Although you might not feel like it every single time. But I order you and I request you to give yourself enough credit because you are that strong and you are that lovable and you are that gullible and clumsy as well. But you are that person who deserves to be at peace and happy and sometimes a little clumsy person can be a little, a little, you know, helpful as well. And with that, I'll tell you that I love you more for being with yourself every single moment. I love you. And there, have a good night.